0: TGA nation. We are back. We are back with a fun week at the travelers Uh, coming off a hot U S open. Nothing is hotter right now than golf. Golf is listen, as much as you people hate live, it's making it's newsworthy. People are talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's annoying, but it's, it's, I think it's good for the sport. It's causing a lot of attention, which is not always a bad thing. Um, I don't think, and I mean this in a nice way, I like Brooks, I really do. I don't think many people are going to miss him, to be honest with you. I just Uh don't, he doesn't even show up to the non-majors half the time. Anyway, it's just like, his person's there, but not really. So, uh, good riddance to Brooks, we'll still see at the majors, which is all he really matters at in the most part. Anyway, uh, but before we kind of dive into that, big congratulations to Sia and the audience winning the draft last week. And what was a, a fun tournament to watch, a tough one from a DFS standpoint? See Sia, tell us. How'd you guys do it?
1: Uh, well, it was all me. And uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think the audience made a single pick. I, uh, <laughs> I orchestrated everything like I always do when we win. And when we lose, it's usually somebody else's fault. No, truth be told, I didn't even like the team that the audience drafted. Um, so like that, 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 that tells you, by the way, how I did in DFS last week if if you want to know the truth um good job by the audience the audience is starting to catch some fire here ever since i gave them bulletin board material like six or seven weeks ago where i was like yeah audience team like not so much uh like they've they've gone on a nice little run here and for the record joel i do think you're right that this is ultimately going to be good for golf good for the pga tour good for golfers as well listen Competition breeds optimization. I mean, it's true in literally every facet of life. And that's why we have like antitrust laws and things of that nature, because we want competition. We want the consumer to get the best product. And ultimately, when it comes to the PGA Tour, I think that's what they're going to get or at least give to the consumer. So short term, I know this looks like it's dark and oh, this player's moving and this player's moving. And I'm sure there'll be other big names. But at the end of the day, what we get to watch and what the players get to receive financially and otherwise i think is going to be good across the board
0: i i totally agree i mean listen i'm an optimist i try to find the best thing. there is a lot of good to this live i mean if you want to find the good for you personally you can yeah there's obviously bad people running it and there's a lot of negative around the tour I totally agree with that but if you only want to look at the negatives you can if you want to find some positive in it there's a way to do so um spence how you doing tonight
2: I'm doing well. Another second place finish for me. I think that might be three or four in a row at this point. Uh, controversial Cameron Young hole in one helped the audience a little uh, bit. Yeah, a couple of bad breaks for me in the lineups, but uh, you know I keep track of all the point totals, and the audience is just skyrocketing up the points. Like for the season long standings, they're starting to make a run at this.
0: Wow, and the audience has been hot. So uh, keep it up. You know the the, the streaks that's how this game runs and right now you guys are on a hot one so we'll see if you're able to maintain that momentum this week we've brought in a ringer though if you haven't noticed oh. Oh. special guest on the show scotty Holdridge. thanks for joining us tonight how you doing uh i'm doing
3: great it's been a slow slow day on golf twitter but uh <laughs> let's see what we got here now this is awesome i fans of all of you so super pumped to be here and uh I'm not going to miss Brooks. I'm not going to miss him. A, worst, worst person I've ever served as a bartender, Brooks Kepka.
1: Oh, get out of your Story time. Let's go. Yeah.
3: It's bad. Like, we might have to take it off air. Like, it was so bad. It was the 2015 uh, match play at Harding Park. And by the way, Billy Foster is the GOAT. He was, like, the coolest guy ever. Brooks Kepka, not even close. Worst person I've ever served. Wow. That's a big
1: like- statement because bartenders usually, like – you know, you get some bad customers, like for you to like, like take it to uh, that level. Like, clearly it was an issue. Wow. That's yeah. crazy.
3: In my opinions are my own. This is now, but yeah, garbage mammal. Just,
0: uh. <laughs> he, he does seem like he's probably very full of himself that I, I could see that for sure. Yeah.
3: yeah I'm yeah. out.
1: I'm out of <laughs> Scotty real quick point on that because I was always when it was like Brooks v Bryson I was always team Brooks because I think I think Bryson is like the ultimate douche but mm. I like I, like clearly at this point and this has nothing to do with Liv like I think like it's getting closer but I'm curious what, where were you on that were you on team Bryson because of your experience with Brooks no
3: I think I, I mean there's different there's different kinds of douche. Like, I'm sure I'm yeah. someone's version of a douchebag. You know what I mean?
1: Like Me too. Hand up. Yeah,
3: exactly. You know what I mean? We're smart and attractive, good guys. So, right. everyone hates us. No. <laughs> I make minimum wage. Let's be real.
1: Um. <laughs> uh.
3: Yeah, I was just both. I couldn't stand either of them. But, I mean, it's also like it's been, especially lately, it's like, is there anyone to root for anymore in golf? Like, this is brutal. Like, read the room, guys. Like, oh, <laughs> So bad, but it yeah. is
0: sad that they do like the match with the Capital One events with more celebrities than golfers, right? It's like you know, people want to watch golf, I mean, but they're not looking to watch the
3: Like, why am I not? This is ridiculous.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, I appreciate the story. Interesting, we learned a little bit more about Brooks today. Uh, but today we have a lot of content coming your way. We are going to take down this Travelers Championship. Before we get into the draft, Spencer, can you give us a course breakdown?
2: Yeah, TPC River Highlands was initially built in 1928 by Robert Ross, but was redesigned twice in the 1980s by Pete Dye and Bobby Weed. The Dye and TPC narratives are always an interesting one to handicap because of the rollover production they present from a statistical perspective. And we see that with the track ranking inside the top 10 in terms of predictability when running it against all other courses that will be used in action in 2022. On the surface, the 6,841 yard measurement and smaller than average green should start to highlight a property that will reward short to mid iron proximity. While there is some truth to that answer, there's also this sketchy production breakdown that equally shifts the data into multiple areas. Players that are short off the TF have found success. Bombers like Dustin Johnson and Bubba Watson have won this tournament. The mid iron play that I just mentioned does matter. You know, there's good putting on PoA plus bentgrass greens that has been important. And, you know, all of that should start getting you this idea that the track provides a mixed bag of ways to get the job done. And unfortunately, that's never good when trying to put together a model. I prefer venues that allow the removal of player types so we aren't left with such a hodgepodge and random expectation. But I decided to build my model in a very straightforward sense to try to take the advantage of not only the predictability that this venue has provided, but also the underlying factors that we know are highly predictive from similar tests. You can hear the entire answer if you listen to my Better Golf podcast that I do with Nick Brettwish. But how someone has gained shots on short courses, Pete Dye tracks, and TPC properties was very important to me here, probably more so than it's ever been before. I'm trying to find a blueprint for sustained success on these easily predictive courses that are always yielding the same leaderboards year after year. To me, that's going to be much more impactful when the statistical metrics are fighting against us.
1: Whew. Right. Listen Hot. to that
2: back. God. Um, this week I think is
0: a is a really important week for, for course history. Just trying to get get an edge, understand this field a little bit, understand who you want to be targeting. It's a very unique layout in course, so you are going to want to kind of digest some of that before you make some of your picks for the week. Now, before we dive into the draft, Scotty, how comfortable are you with the rules? With the what? The rules. Uh so, so okay, we'll give you a quick overview. Give you a um, yes, special. and for any wanna... new fans or any new guests in the audience, you guys are a part of the draft, so um, I'm going to explain how it works. We're going to do a snake draft, works like a fantasy football draft. Um, it goes one through four and then four to one. Scotty, uh, lucky enough for you because Sia's and the audience won. Sia picked the order, you're going to be drafting first tonight, followed by me, Spencer, and then seeing the audience will get the last spot where they loop around. For two in a row you are building drafting a real DraftKings lineup so you have to stay within your fifty thousand dollars So you can't just take all the top of the leaderboard you have to draft strategically to make sure that you can get six golfers within the salary cap for your team that's the basically the nuts and bolts of it for those people on the audience who are participating in the chat we love the participation you guys really do make our show while we're at it feel free to hit the like button give us a follow it goes a long way with that being said be careful because while we love your speed and timeliness, if you put something in the chat, everyone can see it. And if people want to take picks, it, it doesn't, I don't think people will steal picks, but if people wanted somebody and yeah. you put them in the chat, mm-hmm. then you want to blame them for stealing your pick. So just don't put it in until it's your turn. And you don't have to worry about it. So with all that being said, Scotty, with the very first pick in the Travelers draft.
3: Kevin, check, no, I'm joking. I'm uh I'm gonna go low first and I'm gonna go with uh with Sep. Sep Wow.
1: See
3: what you guys are doing. Um I he destroyed me last week. Um, but I like him coming back. I think he top ten last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Temp- yeah. Yep. he's missed a couple cuts. I think that'll keep people off him. Um he hasn't played very well since his win uh this year. And I think in that range, everyone's going go to go to Adam Long. He seems to be the the play. So I'm going Sep right out the gate.
0: So I, I'm going to go ahead right away and dissect that pick. So my first thing I'll say, I'll give you all the reasons why I like it. I love starting with value. And you start off with value in your first pick, making sure you get your right pick. Absolutely love that. I think that's the right strategy. With your first pick in the draft, I think it's a great job. My only critique to it is, he's so low percent owned there's probably a good chance you would have got
1: him with your next pick or the pick after
0: but you never know if that's your guy then you gotta go get your guy
1: yeah that's an okay. a, a interesting point joe I substrack is one of those like hit or miss I, I feel like he's a great gpp pick regardless because he can absolutely flash he was 10th here last year and he was fourth on approach here last year and I, i'm certainly overweighting approach relative to other tournaments now if you look at his approach as of late you know it's not great um but you know, you know Scotty's built that into his his analysis here we know he can pop so i, I mean I, I don't have a problem with the pick i think there's a lot of guys in that 7k 7100 range that people and i think Adam Longs one of them but i think there's like a handful of those guys that people are going to go to this week to to sort of like finish out their roster
2: yeah, I'm demoralized that Scott took Sepstraka. I think he's one of the better GPP plays on the board. I mm-hmm. really like it. Like I not he's in my player pool. He was somebody that I probably wanted to put in this lineup that I'm going to make. So, uh it's very unfortunate for me that it, he's the very first player off the board. I like the pick a lot. Yes.
0: Nice pick, Scott. All right. Now the pressure's on me and I actually wasn't prepared for this pick. But there's Three guys I have in mind. And I'm gonna go listen, it's it's funny, and this is not planned. It's it is very coincidental. It does tend to be that I take like the same two or three guys first in every draft. I guess it's just the guys who I like are the guys who I like. So I'm gonna stick with that trend. Uh and I'm gonna go ahead and take Mito Pereira. Uh, you know, he's I probably would have liked him a little bit cheaper, but I think his skill set right now is playing as a top 20 golfer in the world. Uh, and I think I'm getting him at a bit of a discount for uh, how well he's playing. So I'm going to start there. Is as a kind of a discount pick, you know, uh, value pick, even though it's 8,700, but I like him in this range.
2: I would have been more concerned if you took Paul Casey in this tournament.
0: <laughs> Me and Paul Casey are, are not in good terms yet, so we're going to have to wait a little while for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Mito is an interesting pick in the sense that, I think you could take a lot of the guys in the upper 8K range and just melt them right into the 9K range because, I mean, you, you yeah. got to slot somebody somewhere. And there's guys, especially, I think, like 8,500 up in that range where if you had them at like a flat 9K or 9,100, like somewhere where like Harold Varner is, for example, I don't think anybody would like look at that and be like, oh, they're overpriced. So I do think you're getting some some value out of Nito at 8,700.
2: All right, guys, I will make the next pick here. Um... This is, this is very simple for me. I think everybody, well, maybe not everybody knows exactly where I'm going, but I'm going to take Webb Simpson at 85. Damn it. Yeah. Simpson is is the second best player in the field. When we combine short courses, Pete Dytrax and TPC properties into one strokes game metric, there's one player above him. I'm going to remove who that person is for this moment just to not give it away the accuracy is elite, the birdie are better at these specific courses has him inside the top 10 and weighted tee to green at shorter courses. And he is inside the top five of my model for upside.
1: Yeah. I-, I love, I love Webb Simpson this week. I played him last week. It didn't work out, but that doesn't mean I'm not going right back to him this week. He's probably a bit of a better course fit. He is yeah. kind of doing a little bit better on approach as of late. The game does seem to be getting back together, like like I talked about last week with him kind of shaking off some rust and injuries from the year prior. So uh, I, 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 de- I was I was hoping we'd get Webb. I don't know if the audience was going to go for him or not. But by the way, audience, um, and Scott, it sounds like you wanted Webb too. Did, did you like Webb too this week?
3: Yeah, I think that's a great play. I played him a lot. I Yeah, last week as well, I, I was on. Yeah.
1: yeah, and he barely missed the cut. It happens. Cool. It's the U.S. Open. But I do want to say uh, – the, to the audience like I, I did pick the order we could have taken the one pick but honestly we've been on such a run that I, I didn't feel good about taking the one pick and just demoralizing the rest of the field here so that's why we went for it's time to nominate who do we got and some nominations coming in already let's see all right so we don't have any second oh yeah we do no we don't we have uh, four people that are nominated so far but no seconds, So we got to come. Hey, what's up, Courtney? Courtney joins the chat. We got Ivan in here, Brent, David, of course, one of our writers is in here. Um, I might've said Brian already. Jesse is in here. Uh, a lot of guys in here and girls perhaps. So thanks for joining us. David is in here. All right. So it looks like TPC Lee, Lee is the play. So we need to nominate a second guy. So come in here. Oh, we got two guys already. Shoot, one of the guys. Okay, so it's going to be Sam Burns and KH Lee appears to be the two audience picks i uh i would have gone somewhere else with that second pick but uh that's just me what, do, know, what do we think about burns joel go ahead
0: also this about burns i think i was originally scared off at that price tag at 10-4 it just seemed high to me but the more i think about it the more I, you know he's that's how he's playing i mean he's been playing great i mean i more realistically, that's probably the appropriate pricing. And I'm looking usually to play him at a discount. And it's not a discount, but I do think it's, you know, he, he could easily win this tournament. So I don't think it's necessarily should scare you off. Fair
2: enough. The only problem I have with Sam Burns that I'll throw out there, and he was my one and done pick last week for the U.S. Open. I'm not so sure I've ever seen somebody play so poorly before while still competing on the first page of the leaderboard he was draining 25 foot par putts over the first three days, every single time he got himself into trouble. Like he legitimately could have missed the cut. So that's the only one concern I have, but you know, good course history here. This might be a better venue for him And the form. Other than that one result has been really good. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are Spencer. It's on you actually. I cannot believe you guys are going to let me do this right now. So <laughs> the second best player in the world, Webb Simpson, best player in the entire world. Jason Day, $8,100, <laughs> $8, three top 12 finishes at this property. I mean, this is like cheating, right? I get to put <laughs> Webb and Jason Day into a lineup together, and I'm not actually getting punished to do so. This is incredible.
1: Yeah, I figured Day might be coming off the board soon there. Uh,
3: I wanted to get invited back, so I did. I said I can't touch Day.
2: <laughs> I would have walked off the set. This would have been yeah. terrible.
3: Ended our
1: friendship, yeah. That's
0: great, I love it. Um, all right, I'm stuck between two guys, and I'm gonna start with Brandon Steele at Mm 7,700. I like the way he's playing. Brandon Steele is a guy that you gotta find on a hot streak, right? He can be he can miss seven, eight cuts in a row, but when he's when he's had something, when he's on a hot streak, he, he tends to play well. Now, we notice the course he liked in his last five tries. He has a tied T14, 21, and T6. Um, in his last two outings on the tour, he has two top ten. So he's playing well right now. He likes this course. I think we can find something in him this week at, at, under 8K.
1: Yeah, and one thing to note about Steele, so he actually missed the cut here last year, but he was seventh in the field T to green. He missed the putt because he lost almost six strokes putting, which is pretty unusual because if you go back four years for Brandon Steele, the other three years, listen, he lost six last year. The other three years he gained with the putter, including gaining over nine strokes putting in 2020. So this is a guy who can pop with the putter at this specific venue. I mean, the putter hasn't been great to him as of late, but he can pop with the putter at this specific venue and T to green. He's been great here. So uh, he's to me, he's like a pretty sneaky play because I, I I get the feeling, and Spencer, maybe you could tell us the the um, prospective ownership on projected ownership on Brendan Steele. But I have a feeling people are going to dance around Brendan Steele, but they're not going to click the button at seventy seven hundred on Brendan Steele. Am I wrong? Uh,
2: Kind of. It remains to be seen at this moment. Right now, we're looking at about fourteen percent, which is the eighth highest owned player on the board. Mm. Uh, I do like Brendan Steele, though. Anytime you get these courses where he can use that driver as an advantage i think it's a really good setup for him
1: and uh jesse with reminder so we're on scotty for back-to-back picks but jesse with reminder thank you smash the like button tell your friends smash the like button retweet do what you got to do we want as many people in the audience as possible uh and let's see we got david chiming in here i have steel on my betting card this week at 80 to 1 do i have him on mine i don't think so um steel top 40 looks good according to david that makes sense too um all right scotty what do we got
3: so i'm gonna keep it going going low to start off uh the card i'm going tom hoagie who's 7400 um has missed three cuts in a row um i think he's gonna be low owned i think a lot of the Hughes, list Pan, they're uh Tringali. People are going to go there. Maybe Davis too. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I'm putting him in my in my pool for sure. And I mean, he's just great at pro- his proximity numbers are great. He's a decent scrambler, um, pretty accurate off the tee. And yeah, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be an undervalued undervalued play here.
2: Yeah, yeah I. I like Hoagie and Straka together. Those are two of the higher leverage, or I should say pivot type plays that you can find on the board. And there's two specific proximity ranges, whether that be from 100 to 125 or 175 to 200, that Hoagie's the number one player in the field uh, at those specific ranges.
1: Yeah, it's pretty great. And, and I, I agree that the leverage is going to be there with both of those guys. So yeah. it's a great tournament lineup already. So. <laughs> I have to say that. I know. Um, <laughs> <hated>. <laughs> All right, Scotty, you, you got one more. What you got?
3: Uh now I'm going going the other way, and I'm going uh, Scotty Chef. You're the Scotty. Um I just think he's he's a different kind of player than a lot of people that he just wants to go out and win, and he's on an absolute heater. And some of his quotes recently too, he's like, I just want to go out and win tournaments. And I don't know. I like it and I'm staying on it till, till he kicks me off pretty much. And uh, kind of a theme here of good ball strikers and just good all around game. Um, But yeah, I just think why not?
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he rates out so well on so many things. Like if I go back 36 rounds, he's number one on approach. Number one, par four, 400 to 450 yards, which is going to be prevalent here. Number one in DK points, number one in birdies, um, which those last two are pretty highly correlated. And top 10 pretty much everywhere else. So, I mean, it's hard to, like, if anybody was like, uh oh, Scott is a bad pick, like, like you, it's impossible. It's actually impossible to say that at this point. It's yeah. kind of
2: a, sorry, Scott, you can go.
3: No, I just think, in, and it's also, I mean, he's got the win equity, yeah. you know, yeah. when we get fall in love with, all the data in the world, sometimes we can get lost. Like, is this guy, is this person really worth this price? Is this, you know, ending up how we want it to be at the end of the day? And wait, does this, I don't know. I mean, sorry, fumbling around. I just think the chef's
1: cooking and let's go. Yeah, I I see it 100%.
2: It's a fun lineup too. Like when you look at Scotty Shuffler being eleven thousand two hundred. Like if you look at Scott's team in particular right now, he still has eighty one hundred for three spots. That's a really good start to a build.
1: Um. So this this uh, brings back some memories here. So we've got um Jesse chiming in with Fade Shuffler at your own wrist. So um some of you may know I do the Fantasy Football Today DFS uh, podcast, and we've we're doing an off season series too. I, I just recorded an episode. Um, With somebody. But the point is, the theme of that podcast throughout the year last year was fade Cooper Cup at your own risk. And it's honestly, I feel like Scotty Scheffler, to the extent there is a Cooper Cup in golf this year, it's Scotty Scheffler. Like he's just like every single tournament, he's just coming out to the extent you can in golf, every single tournament, he's coming out and just dominating. So, I mean, it's so hard to go wrong when you have him on your team.
0: I I I
3: think just as a player, too, like you see this after. Anytime anyone finally breaks through and gets their win is they don't really keep their foot on the gas. They like change instructors. They change club manufacturers. They do mm-hmm. all this stuff. And their life changes. Like he's just still kept the same baseline. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I'm just here to win golf tournaments and see you guys later.
1: And he keeps that throughout the tournament, hole to hole. Like he's just so chill and nonchalant. Yeah. And I don't think it's an act. Like I think he's sort of trained himself to be like, it's just golf. I'm really good at it. So I'm going to hit the shot. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, the next shot will probably be pretty good.
0: Yeah. Love it. Totally. lot. Not a lot to not like about Scotty Juffler right now. I mean, the way he's playing uh, seems like a, a can't-go-wrong pick there. Um. All right, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to stick to my value theme here. I'm going to go with Siwoo Kim. Mm. Uh, Now, he's a guy we've been mentioning a few weeks. Um, You know, he's got a pretty solid all-around game. Again, I'm in the mid-7K range at 7,600. He's also someone who's done well here before. So, uh, you know, maybe not pristine, but, you know, last time out he missed the cup. I tied for 11th in 2020 and then 20 T 26 and T 25 in 2016 and 2018. So he has had some good results. I think he's in some decent form. So I think I can get another good value pick here with my third. pick.
2: Yeah. Add Siwoo Kim to that list of like the Strakas and the Hoagies in that $7,000 range where I think they make a lot of sense in GPP contests.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: All right. I will then I guess take us with the next pick and move us along. Um, I am going to take, let me double check his price tag. I am going to take Mark Leishman at 8,400. So with TPC River Highlands ranking inside the top 10 in terms of course, predictability, I'm going to trust Leishman here. He won this event in 2012. He's provided seven top 39 finishes during his other nine chances at the venue. And we know his biggest detriment is usually his inaccuracy off the tee. But I think with this being a generally wide open property, there's the strategic nature of the die layout, and he's really good with all his iron proximities. Like if you take every 25 yard bucket from 100 to 200 yards, he ranks inside the top 26 in every single one of those stats, and he's also inside the top 10 in putting. Um, you know, those two things together give me a guy that can hit the irons and get hot, and he's long enough off the tee where I think that there's a reason why he's found continuous continuous success here.
1: Yeah, so um. Brent Harris chimes in here. Spencer with team way back as in way back when. <laughs> these guys were really good. Uh no, but I think that's a really interesting GPP play cuz I'm assuming his ownership is pretty low.
2: It is. I will give you the number. It's 9%. It's not as low as necessarily some guys, but I mean if we're looking at like this $8,000 range in particular, there's a lot of guys that are going to be higher than him.
1: Yeah. All right, we've got um we've got our two picks already. Uh looks like Keegan Bradley and brendan todd have both been nominated so keegan bradley uh obviously somewhat of a home game for him and he's probably going to be pretty popular spencer maybe you could chime in on on his ownership and then i I actually like brendan todd it's not a sexy play but i think i think it's a solid play i had another couple of guys in mind i was hoping they'd get nominated because i would have just chimed in verbally with a second nomination but um, I don't think we'll be able to get those guys with what we have left over, but I, I retain the right to do that with one of our two next picks. In other words, being the second nomination, Spencer. What is the ownership on Keegan Bradley looking like?
2: Uh, Keegan Bradley is twelve point eight percent. Brendan Todd is ten point six percent.
1: Okay. And where does where does Keegan's ownership rank among the the field? Is he is that in the 11. top fifteen? Okay, yeah.
2: All right. I don't have a problem with the plays, though. I mean, I think both of them make sense. If like you know, like especially Bradley, he's in good form entering this event. There's a lot to like about him with it.
1: Yeah. And I I do like Todd's form here form. Like his recent form is good, but his form here over the last couple of years has been, uh, has been pretty good too. So uh, I don't mind that play at all. Yeah. All right, so Spencer, it's already back to you. While we're waiting for your picks, Scotty, let's let's get to know you real quick. I'm just going off script here a little bit. Um, give me your give me your favorite movie, and if you can't narrow it down to one, give me two, and give me your top three serials of all time. We did this on the first cut earlier. Ooh. I gave my top five uh, cash game serials and my top five GPP serials.
3: Oh man, I'm going uh, some CTC, some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's definitely in there.
1: Oh my yep. god,
3: would just crush that as a kid
1: yeah that's, um, in my, that's in my gpp lineup just so you know <laughs> seriously um,
3: as an adult uh honey bunches of votes
1: yep yep that's also in the gpp lineup oh i guess God. that's more chalk than i thought interesting okay yeah, oh, give me chalk. one more cereal.
3: i'll go uh Oh, Destroy the Roof of Your Mouth, Captain Crunch.
1: Oh, I knew you. Yeah, so literally on the first cut, like two hours ago, I was like, I don't like Captain Crunch because I actually don't like the taste, but I don't like what it does to the roof of your mouth. That's like an exact quote from two hours ago. Really? I, I, it's on my It's, it's on my do not draft list, honestly. What honestly.
3: Uh, what was your number one? I got to know.
1: Well, I, I kind of just did uh, like just a, a five in general. My number one is going to be Lucky Charms. So my top five. Oh, oh, no.
3: Marshmallow. No, come on.
1: No, marshm- well, see, I don't like marshmallows unless they have, they're have hardened like they are in Lucky Charms. It's basically just like a sugar pill, essentially. Lucky Charms, Cocoa Puffs, Honey Bunches of Oats, Raisin Bran, Golden Grams, Ooh. Golden Grams, super underrated, really good Eat GPP that. play. My top five GPP plays, Golden Grams, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Honey Bunches of Oats, Cocoa Puffs, Cocoa Krispies. So it's really interesting roster construction, right? Because you have two Cocos yeah, in there. Good. And then my top five cash, Honey Nut Cheerios, as opposed to regular Cheerios, Lucky Charms, Raisin Bran, Frosted Flakes, and... Cornflakes. That's my cash game lineup.
3: Cornflakes, curveball.
1: Yeah. Like you say, I mean, we, we got to consider like the the adult demographic and just so, some of the older school people that might be interested in making cereal lineups. So that's why I put yeah, cornflakes. Yeah, I get it. It's the Thank Brendan you. Todd of, of, of cash games, cash games <laughs> personnel.
3: Brendan Todd's very cornflake.
1: Very cornflakes.
3: <laughs> respect it. I respect it.
1: All right. So, um, Spencer, Oh, you didn't give us the movie, uh, after, uh, after Spencer's pick Spencer, it's on you. Sorry for the delay.
2: I'm going to go back to this old school approach that I seem to be taking right now. And I'm going to take Tommy Fleetwood at 9,200. My model really likes him this week. He's seventh on Pete Dye courses, 13th at total on strokes game total on TPC courses, 16th when you take short courses under 7,200 yards, the weighted par four scoring is really good. I did a weighted birdie or better percentage, which essentially took birdie or betters gained at PI courses, birdies or better gained at short courses, and birdies are better gained at TPC courses. So I ran each one of those individually and I combined them together. He's 15th there. And I mean, overall, most of the proximity numbers, like if you look specifically at the 150 to 175 range, you do run into some problems. But there's enough to like about him from a total driving sense and and just like the overall makeup appeal on my model, at least that I, I like him at 9,200.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I, you know, I, I feel like I'm assuming Fleetwood's not going to catch a lot of ownership because he's in kind of a weird range to maybe get squeezed a little bit. Where, where's he at?
2: Yeah. So he's 8.3%. That puts him 26th overall. And He kind of just to your point that you're saying, like he is getting squeezed. Like if we run this from, let's say Mark Leishman and up, he would be the second lowest zone player.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. We got a lot of serial takes in here. Courtney. (laughs) uh, Let's see. Dylan chiming in. Scotty had the funniest video (laughs) I've ever seen. I, I don't know what that, what is he referring to? Do you know, Scotty?
3: Uh, not
2: sure. I, I do know what it is. I'll, I'll very quickly throw it up. I think it's the video that, I uh, I was tagged in the one where there's the porn hub in the background.
3: Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It was, uh, it was the, the <laughs> idea was just like every bro on Mondays for golf, Twitter, golf DFS. And it was like all the different windows open and it's, you know, oh. Spencer's Spencer's spreadsheet, which is a must have, um, and then watching, you know, like my guys, we approach on Mondays, and then like just going through each one.
1: That's fantastic. I gotta see that. <laughs> and
3: I've
0: seen the video, and it is fantastic. Oh, that <laughs> is great.
3: Thank you. Yeah, just, that sounded pretty dark as I was describing.
1: screaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joel, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready okay. to rock and roll.
0: Um, so I have like four guys I'm deciding between, all in the right price range for me. So. Gives me some leeway depending on of you guys still one of them. I have someone else. I still want. I still will feel good about. So the first one I'm going to go with is. I'm going to go with a guy who has just been red hot. I think this course should make sense now. He doesn't have a great course history here, but the way I've been watching him play the last couple of weeks, I just want to back him. I just like the way he's playing. And It's Denny McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Denny McCarthy we've seen has been really consistent. I think what I really like about him is. Some of these really long courses are really going to hinder him because he just can't reach some of these holes. That won't be an issue for him here. And he's pretty dialed in with his wedges, which is what he's going to be hitting for most of the part of this course. So if he's finding fairways and making putts, I really think he'll compete to win the tournament.
1: Yeah, can't argue with that. Danny McCarthy, uh, UVA product, went to Georgetown Prep from my neck of the woods in that Northern Virginia, Maryland area. Um, All right, Um, Scott, so you have two picks plus uh, a favorite movie to give us.
3: Um. Oh, uh, the last waltz. Oh, I haven't which seen is, You say you haven't.
1: The last waltz? No, I've yeah. actually not. I've actually not heard of it. But I'm not like a super big movie goer guy. So. It's oh like, no! It's I mean, it's kind of
3: a, so it's a it's actually, it might be more of a documentary, but it's about the band, which is the band, which is awesome. Kind of this underappreciated band for years, and they said, uh, you know, we're done. I'm done touring. Like this has been too hard, and uh, they go, "We're going to film our last concert, and uh, we're going to call all our friends see if they want to play it." It was on Thanksgiving, directed by Martin Scorsese, hmm. and it's so it's just this interplay of like band interviews and telling stories mixed with like live performances of this concert that went, I think it went like six to eight hours, hmm. and it's like the who's who of music. So it's like Bob Dylan, Muddy Waters. Um, Neil Young, Van Morrison comes out just throwing a hundred miles an hour. And uh all the all the it's yeah, it's a clinic. It's an absolute clinic in you know, movie making documentary style and just an amazing underrated band.
1: Ivan agrees. Ivan knows. Ivan gets it. But you know who doesn't get it? Brent Harris. Grape nuts is underrated, bro. Nah, so no, that's uh, actually totally untrue. Grape Nuts is rated properly. It's pretty gross. If you'd gone like Cracklin' Oat brand there, I think I would have been okay with it, but Grape Nuts is gross. I me to
0: quickly give a shout out to David Selly for a very under the radar, uh-huh. underrated cereal in the Special K Vanilla Almond. It's my go-to in my home, so I'm glad I got a look on the show.
1: Interesting. All right, I've never tried that. Yeah. Spencer, and- do you have a favorite cereal? Yeah. Sorry. I probably like Cocoa Crispies. Nice. I like that. That's strong. All right. That's it. That's all you got. Is there a second place?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like Captain Crunch also.
1: There it is. Ah, oh,
2: damn it. I, I shouldn't eat, have
1: asked.
3: You eat grape nuts who treat the roof of your mouth fine, but you can't go Captain Crunch?
1: I don't eat grape nuts. Captain Crunch is gross. It's objectively gross. There's a model for that, and Spencer's going to build it. All right. Where are we? Okay, Scotty, you got you got, right, back to ba- you got back-to-back picks.
3: Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go low again, and uh, this is a dive. But uh, John Hugh, Um, yeah, I can by reactions that's a great.
1: Wait, John who? H U H. Oh, huh. Oh, my bad. Okay, gotcha. No, yeah, that's
3: probably messed up. Um, Played. uh, I mean, yeah, six thousand eight hundred. I feel like no one's gonna be on him. He's been really good his last. I think, I mean, recently he's been good. His iron plays come around. I play him in showdown a lot because he can just throw out some pretty low numbers every now and then. Um, But I kind of like him here. He played well in Canada, which I don't know if you got I mean, is that a good course correlation? What do you guys feel?
2: I I don't think it's a terrible one. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh he does have
1: back-to-back top 25s t25 t12 yeah doing great ball striking the putter has been a problem Yeah, um, so that's you know we'll, we'll i mean he's accurate, he's
3: accurate off the tee he's decent around the greens and i mean if you can just make a cut at 6800 we're looking good with all that i mean that lineup come on
2: the six i,
1: I don't i don't mind that at all
2: The $6,000 range in general is kind of a dumpster fire. So if you can find the spots that you do like, I I think it makes complete sense to like strategically try to get aggressive on certain players. And Ha is coming into the week with two straight top 25s. Like that's better than pretty much anybody that you can say down in this range.
1: Hank Lebiota is 6,500. Don't be disrespectful to Hank, please. What, what, not a, it's not a dumpster. It's a dumpster fire outside of Hank Lepiota is what you meant. I think
2: you <laughs> might've just jeopardized uh, him getting back to you guys for uh, the audience pick here. If they were considering it.
1: Well, there's actually a six K guy like maybe a little better, but um, anyway, we can talk about that when it gets to us. Okay. Scott, you got one more.
3: Ooh. Uh, well, Fleetwood has been taken from me. That crushed. Um, man, I'm torn between two. I'm going to go, uh, I'll go Sunjay, Sunjay M, since he made everyone angry last week.
1: I like that play. Quite a um, bit. I mean, good all around.
3: I mean, it's just, yeah, consistent golfer. I could, I could go either way on him, but um, I think that just adds to this stellar lineup for a first time guest. This is insane.
2: <laughs> I, I think day. it's a really good bounce back spot for Sunjay M. He was like yeah. 30% owned last week, and you're going to cut that in half or even more than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, after last week's performance and to go along with the price hike, it feels like he has to go under own this week. It's just the, the narrative of him is is very much so not being played. So mm-hmm. certainly has an upside with some good leverage for GPP. Yeah.
2: All
1: right, Joel. Speaking All of right. upside, where are we um,
0: going? so there's three guys I want for two spots. So I'm gonna go with the one I think might get drafted, and I'm hoping one of the one of the other two fall back. And I'm gonna start with Brian Harmon. Guy's got a great course history. This guy really likes this course. I usually love Brian Harmon. I play him a lot. I typically play him in scenarios where he's in the 7K range and he's a real value play. Here I do feel like the price is a little high for him, but uh, he has three top 10 finishes in his last five tries at this course. In 2018, T6, 2019 T8, and then 2021, T5. So he definitely has something that he likes here. Uh, certainly enough upside for the, for the price.
1: Sure. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I love the the form he's exhibited out here the last four years. Other than the miscut, he's been amazing. For sure.
2: All right, guys. I will make the next pick then. Um, you know, I'll actually mention a couple guys right now since I can only take one of them, and I'm going to go down into the six thousand dollar range. I know I just said it was a dumpster fire, and I do stand by that. But (laughs) as I was just saying, like you can pick and choose your spots if you think you can find an advantage. So. Kramer Hickcock came second place last year. He's somebody that you could consider. I agree with Sia. I like Hank Labiotta. I definitely, he would probably be my second choice if you forced me to pick somebody, but <laughs> this is me going back to these old school plays, but I'm going to take Charlie Hawkins. I knew 16, you were doing that. That ah! was that was literally the guy I was You're thinking gone. of that I liked better
1: than Hank Leviota.
2: I knew you were doing that. That's pretty much where I'm at too. It's Hoffman one, Lebiota two. Hoffman has four top 41 finishes at this course over the last five years. Uh, You know, there's a third in 2017, the 15th in 2018, and a 35th at the RBC Canadian Open. If we've already said that this is some corollary course now, I think that this is some good fit for him.
3: Does Charlie Hoffman eat cereal? I feel like he doesn't. (laughs)
2: that's a great
1: question what do we think he eats for breakfast or do you Uh, think he skips breakfast
3: something very suspect
1: like something off off a bone uh is it not wheaties it's not Wheaties. Oh, <laughs>
2: he, he went to UNLV, so he was probably in oh, strip clubs for breakfast. Nice <laughs> strip club sushi is probably yeah, what, yeah. Oh, what, he's, what he's into.
3: Try the Parmigiana um, there. It's great.
1: <laughs> All right. So we got nominations coming in. Um, wow. What is that? <laughs> oh, okay. I was like uh, like a bot entered the chat and I'm like, that is a weird way to nominate. Okay. So
2: (laughs) we we shouted out Pornhub and all of a sudden now we have whatever that is. (laughs) Is that how that
1: works? No, That's hilarious. You bring Scott into the chat
2: here and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose.
3: Yeah, that's standard. This is why I'm not on a lot of podcasts.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm trying to see if we have a second. We've had a lot of nominations in, in, but I don't see a second yet. So I'm waiting. We need more nominations or I, I guess I could second any of these guys. I'm not really in love with any of them. All right, David just, just brings the farm here with like mm-hmm. six nominations. Um, I don't even know if any of those is a second though for any of the nominations here. Yeah, none of those are a second. Let's see. All right, well, let's go with, has anybody nominated? No, David just keeps chiming in. Um, do we have a second on Joel Dahman or David Lipsky? Let's, let's leave it at that. I'll, I'll go ahead and choose. I'll go with... Um, Joel Dahman. I don't I don't love to chase last week's success. And I think Lipsky is a really interesting contrarian play, but I do like how how dialed in Joel Dahman is. So I guess we can go with that. And then we've got one more. How much money do we have left, Joel? 7K?
0: You have 7K. Exactly. Yep.
1: Okay. So who do we have? 7K. So we got Knox and Reavy that have been nominated. I don't even know if they're 7K. I'm checking now. Um Let's see. I like I kind of like, like Stuart Sink here at 7K. Uh, Revy is Knox seven k. Revis seventy 6- two
2: hundred just to throw it out there, so you guys can't afford
1: okay. him. Okay, Knox is available and affordable, so let's go with Knox because Knox is actually a second on David's pick. So Long was in there, but let's go with uh, Russell Knox to close out the team. All right. So that's what anybody have thoughts on Russell Knox. I hadn't really considered playing him. Uh, It's not like he rates out super poorly for me, but not somebody I was going to include. Does anybody like want to play Russell Knox this week?
2: My model always wants to play Russell Knox. I'm kind of at the point where I don't want to play Russell Knox anymore, but it likes my model likes him fine. Like that's not going to come as a shock to anybody, but um, I, I don't have a problem with it. He's been fine at this course. I know he's 6,900. I just always worry about what the actual upside is for him.
0: Yeah. My, my thing it. with Knox is he always grades out better in like models yes. than I think he performs. Uh, I would prefer him in cash than I would in a, in a GPP.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So, Spencer, it's back to you for your last pick.
2: It is taking everything in my power right now not to take Brooks Kepka. Oh, I just don't know if Brooks Koepka is going to actually play the tournament. Is he allowed to? Well, I mean, he hasn't officially hit a ball on Liv yet, which.
3: Oh, weird. Huh. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. Yeah, how's Technically that? he could. Uh, I, I would, I mean, I wouldn't do it because I, I think he could either. I think he's, I think he's, he's going to pull out of the tournament.
2: Um, yeah. I would lean towards that also. And that's the problem that's coming into play right now. And. I guess the one reason why I will not do it, if you look at my lineup in particular right now, Webb Simpson, Jason Day, Mark Leishman, Tommy Fleetwood, Charlie Hoffman, every one of those guys is sub 10% ownership. I don't think you necessarily need to get like super (laughs) aggressive with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will take...
1: Oh, where did he go? No way. Did he just fall? like... <laughs> wow. This is, this is killing me. Shoot. I I don't think I did that. I blocked that uh the bot that came in. But that was that was amazing.
3: It. I will take. You could not time that better.
1: Oh yeah, he just like completely went away there. I don't Oh, there he is. I'll okay, back. he's back. Okay. What a cliffhanger. You said oh. I will you said I will take and then you compl- completely See, cut out. Oh, you're on mute now.
3: This is perfect.
1: Okay, mine so it, so, mine it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, well, I'll tell you what, for the sake of because I doubt Joel, I doubt you're taking his pick. So, um, actually, I guess it's possible you both have around 9k left, right? You
0: know, it's funny, actually, Scott, Scotty, you could probably go because you just don't have the same price range left. So, I
3: mean, uh, I, also, uh,
0: I should probably wait. Man, I am all right, I'm
3: taking uh, I'll take the <laughs> oh. Hughes.
1: Oh, this is so great. Spence, David from Windale. Spence is off to join. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that is so brilliant. Spencer, we had the, just such a great comment from David. Did you just, <laughs> were you just contacted by it. Lib, and did you give your commitment?
2: Well, first of all, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Yeah. I mean, for enough money, you never know. It's <laughs> true,
1: right? I get it.
2: Well, I'll give a pick before this crashes again. I really want to give Brooks Kepka. I guess I'm not going to. This isn't necessarily much safer, but I will take Harold Varner the third.
1: All right, nice. I think he's he's a guy that's going to get squeezed a little bit too, right? He is. Okay.
2: Not as much as like Brooks Koepka is going to, but um, Varner's kind of in that same mix of the Fleetwood range.
0: Gotcha. I find that interesting. Obviously, it's a much different course, much different conditions. But in the same price range, your number one golfer last week was still left, and now he's not even on your radar for this week.
2: I mean, he is. Um, I-, I like him. I-, I think that you could certainly consider him. And I like if you listen to Better Golf. There's other ways I'm going to play him, but I-, I don't know. I like Harold Varner at this course. Like these club down venues. And Nick Brettwish figured this out. It wasn't me. Like he figured out at these club down venues, Varner always finds more success for whatever reason. And you wouldn't necessarily think it because he is long off the tee, but um, I don't know. I, I I think there's a bunch of guys you can consider. Like I think Seamus Power is in play. I think Harold Varner's in play. I think you could consider Aaron Wise. Like there's a lot of players.
0: Yeah. So Aaron Wise was who I was referring to for those yes. who didn't know. He was number one in the Masters model last week. Someone who I was also considering this week, but I'm going to go with the guy who, of all the guys in this range, Spencer didn't mention, and that's Davis Riley.
1: Yeah, uh, I was waiting for that.
0: Yeah, Davis Riley has been just, he's been playing so well over an extended period of time. Uh, he even, I think, you know, his, his metrics looked good even last week, even though he didn't have the best result. Uh, but it wasn't terrible even, you know, and a really tough course. I think it put him back into out of a major, maybe more standard or neutral conditions. I think we're going to see another good showing out of Riley this week.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. Scotty, any thoughts on Riley, a guy you're rostering this week?
3: Uh, he might be chalky for me. Um, but, I mean, he's he's due. You know, I mean, he's been on fire. I mean, he checks all the boxes. Um, if I had it in the budget, I'd probably pick him, Yeah.
1: All right, well, speaking of budget, you got the la- you got the honor of the last pick here. Who you got?
3: Uh, I'm going – it's between two of my favorites, CT and uh, Hughes. But I think I'm going to go McKenzie because of his – he's just been consistent here. He's shown some great signs lately. Um, I mean, not a great iron player. He's not going to wow you off the tee. But insane around the green and putting. And he's just shown great signs lately of just golfing the ball.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that back. I considered him earlier as one of my value picks. Um, I, I think he's a good player. So oh I have gosh. a pretty big emphasis on on approach and, and putting here this week relative to other weeks. And Hughes, the last few tournaments, his approach game has like really come together. Again, yeah. like it's it looks like it looks to be a trend, although it's not long enough to really qualify as one. And we know how good he is with the putter. And, it, and like again, for me, somebody who's sort of maxing out those two uh strokes gain metrics it's a pretty good look for mckenzie hughes
3: yeah small greens i don't know maybe that brings him back into the field more
0: yeah
2: yeah i love it well that i I like hughes also just to throw it out there
0: oh Mm -hmm. thanks (laughs) scotty (laughs) welcome to the draft cast you had a great draft but let's just take my word for it audience let us know whose team do you think is the best Drop it in the chat. Let us know whose team you think is going to win. We're going to drop it on Twitter as well. Uh, Before we move on from the draft, there's a few more things. While I review it, feel free to, one more time, hit the like button. You know, give us a follow. It does go a long way. One last segment here on the draft we still do, which was the audience's idea. It was a great idea. Who is the biggest snub or surprise that that we saw did not get drafted this week? Spencer, why don't you get us off?
2: It's probably the guy that I think is going to win the tournament and that is Patrick Cantlay.
1: Yeah. How did he I'm not sure. get drafted? So, okay. Just real quick. Sorry to interrupt you, but audience, that's really who I wanted you to go with instead of Sam Burns. Um, so, and we have a comment about Cam Davis. That's probably going to be my guy. I'll get to that later, but Spencer, tell us about Patrick Cantlay. Why didn't you draft him? Hey, because couldn't you have instead of Harold Barner? Uh,
2: no, not at that point. I mean, I could have built oh, it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would have had to have probably lost Fleetwood and Varner and I could have, you know, I don't know exactly what it would have taken. It would have taken Cantley and whatever the, the end price would be there. But I mean, Cantley graded as highly as anybody really ever has in my model from a statistical perspective. I ran seven categories this week. He's either, or actually I ran eight categories this week. He's either first, second or third in seven of those like pretty much anything you want to see. He's second in weighted T to green at short courses. He's first on the weighted uh, from bent plus POA. He's first on Pete die. He's first on short courses. He's third at TPC properties. He's a really good par five score. I know there's only two. He's number one. When it comes to weighted birdie or better percentage, I think he's a really good play. Like obviously right now, my model has him as the highest projected on player. And that doesn't shock me. And that's not the reason why I didn't play him, but it just came down that I just tried to make a little bit more balanced of a build, especially if I was going to put Charlie Hoffman in there, but I, I like Cantley a lot this week.
1: Yeah. Jesse chimes in. He said, I said Cantley. It just didn't get a second. I probably could have seconded that. I think that was when, I, when our first round of betting. So I kind of wanted to be hands off there, but um, yeah, I do like Cantley quite a bit. I have him in my one and done for the first cut. So uh, Scotty, how about you? A- anybody not drafted uh, that uh, you thought uh, was on uh- everybody's on?
3: I was surprised there was no Joaquin. I thought, mm-hmm, I yes. thought, I thought people were going to go Neiman. I know. I mean, yeah, under the radar. He made the cut for me last week, so that helped. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, him and then also Spieth, who I know he's won here, and he apparently can't putt, which I still can't wrap my head around. Um, huh. But, yeah, those were the two that I thought for sure were going to get taken off the board. But I mean, I'd take any of these lineups. These are great. You guys know what you're doing, you kids. Yeah, okay. Well, the
1: audience does uh, in in Sia, but uh, everybody else, I'm not so sure about. Just kidding, actually. uh, These guys completely dominate. Uh, Joel, what about you?
0: For me, the biggest surprise for me is Rory. I mean, I think Rory is playing like maybe the best golf Mm -hmm. of his of his career. Playing one of the best golfers in the world, he's pricey, and it's hard to make lineups work. But I love Rory's form right now. I think you know he can certainly win this week. And He's a lower tier guy, I'll mention this. I want to make sure his name is mentioned on the show because I love the way he's. Oh, no, he did get drafted. Never mind, just kidding. I just worry, we'll stick with that. <laughs> was it? I was gonna say Joel Domon, but he got drafted. No, no, okay. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, we scooped him up. Um, I- I'll go with see, I'm not super in love with this play, but but I I think I'm gonna play him in a lot of tournament lineups. Cam Davis is my guy at 7,500 now. Yeah. I like him on shorter tracks. Like there was uh, Brent. Brent Harris was in here, and he said if we had Cam Davis instead of Keegan, we'd, be, we'd, we'd win this week or something. I'm not sure we need to replace Keegan with him necessarily, um, but I think Cam Davis is a, is a really smart play this week. Um, I like everything I'm seeing from him. So that, that's the guy uh, I think maybe somebody should have drafted.
0: Yes. I love it. Now, we're not done yet. We still have our outright tickets and first-round leaders mm-hmm. for the week. Um, we're going to start in the outright market for tonight. Spencer, why don't you kick us yourself? Who do you like in the outright
2: market? I kind of have a big card this weekend. It's a lot of jumbled together pieces outside of Patrick Cantlay at 16 to one, but Patrick Cantlay, 16 to one Webb Simpson, 80 to one Harold Varner, the third 65 to one Mark Leishman 66 to one that has dropped to 55 to one at locations. I'm going to be the sucker here. I'm taking Brooks Koepka at 48 to one. I like his upside. Siwoo Kim, a hundred to one. And just to throw it out there, just since I'm, a, I'm sure everybody realizes at this point, I'm betting Jason at 80 to one.
0: Nice. <laughs> right. Now just curious, does your model find 80 to one
2: as a big value for day? Or do you just like him one? No, my model likes him a lot this week. Oh. He's, so he's eighth overall. He's thirteenth for upside. So he does have that negative trajectory that we're normally trying to avoid. But on an eighty to one golfer, it's a completely different thing than when you're taking a guy at like twenty five to one.
0: That makes sense for sure. All right, Scotty, how about you? Are you had in the outright market this week?
3: Um, I'm actually well. I'm in Cali, so I don't have a bookie. Hit me up. Um, but uh, I kind of like Nito as an outright. Um, I think being in the mix at the PGA and just being the, you know, Twitter darling forever, I think people have kind of moved on in a lot of ways, but also his numbers are crazy. And I think him just playing the way he plays would be a good pick. And then uh, Joaquin as well. I think. Yeah,
1: so both of those guys going off at 35 to 1.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that.
0: And yeah. I'll, I'll follow that because I'm on me as well at 35 to one, I think I like him this week. As, you know, he's uh, I think he's due for a win, right? I think it's coming. He's been playing really well. I also like Davis Riley at 40 to one right behind him. Um, with, I, there's just a lot of upside there. And my, my biggest, my, my pick for the week, the guy who I think is actually going to win the tournament. Well, I'm going to put a real bet on this week. Uh, a, a sizable one is Denny McCarthy at 65 to one. Mm-hmm. I just, I love the way he's been playing. I think, this course should set up suit him better than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. I think if he keeps the same form we've seen and sinks a couple of pots, I think he will compete and win this tournament.
1: Nice, I like it. All um, right. see Oh, uh, so yeah, I only have three guys to get, but let me give David's out. So, David's going to be writing uh, an article for us at windalesports.com. Um, I'm sure it'll come out tomorrow, but his guys are Keegan. At 36, Harmon at 60, uh, Webb Simpson at 66, Steele at 80, Todd at 80, Lahiri at 150, and Ha, huh, which oh. is Scotty's boy, of course, at yeah. 200 to 1. So um, that's good to know. Uh, again, his article come out with our ownership article, which I think is coming out tomorrow. I know Steven's on vacation, but I think he still might be publishing the ownership. And then, uh, Spencer, did your T to Green article come out already? Uh, it will be out tonight. Awesome. Okay, cool. Windailysports.com. Check that out. Oh, so the, the three, I'm just going to give three outrights. You, you guys know I like to live bet uh, outrights in tournament. And so I'll just, I'll save it. I like Riley as well at 40 to one. Webb Simpson at 70 to one. And then Cam Davis at 150 to one. Those are the three I'm eyeing right now. One fifty. that's, yeah.
2: I strongly considered that Cam Davis. And at yeah, 150, man. it probably doesn't make sense why he's not on the card, but he's on my first round leader card. And we can get to that in a second.
1: Yeah, me too. So well, that's great. The nice segue, professional segue from Spencer.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Here we are without further ado,
0: where we make our real money. The first round leader market. Go ahead, Spence, take us off. we like in the first round leader market.
2: So we'll start off with Cam Davis, 100 to 1 on DraftKings. Mark Leishman, that is going to be the shortest play I have at 50 to 1 on FanDuel. Charlie Hoffman, 180 to 1 on DraftKings. Harold Varner, the third that's also 50 to 1 on FanDuel. Webb Simpson 65 to one on DraftKings. Siwoo Kim, 80 to 1 on DraftKings. And I'm going if we'll see on Brooks Kepka, but I'm gonna try the first round leader on him also. If he can give me one of the two, maybe he's the first round leader and he's kicked off the tour for the second round for all I know. <laughs>
3: That'd be legendary.
1: <laughs> that would be
2: that would be so Brooks Kepka.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit on
0: brand. <laughs> Scotty, how about you? Who do you like in the first round leader market?
3: Uh, I like Finau. Um, I think he could come out and put out a crazy number. Um, Finao. I think, yeah.
1: Yeah. Nah. Finau's, Finau's 40 to one. What's weird is Finau's history here hasn't been great, but if you just look how he's playing, like his ball striking around the green, the putter has come around. Like this is a guy that could absolutely steal a, a round and like easily. I don't know why he hasn't been super successful here, but, um, I think that's a really good number. It's actually a number I considered, but I just, I didn't pull the trigger on it.
2: Yeah, don't quote me on this, but I think at TPC Scottsdale that year that he came second to, uh, I believe Webb Simpson, where he should have won that tournament. I think he entered that TPC property with really bad form on that course also. And then, you know, he got a second place finish. So Finau is one of those boomer bus bust plays. And I think as a first round leader, bet you can kind of get that out of him.
0: Yeah, great. Oh, I love it. For me, I have a few first round leader plays today. I'm going to start with Johnny Vegas at 100 to 1. I think there's just a value there. I think that's a little too low of a number for my brother. I see him. I think he should have been more in the 60 to 70 to 1 range. So good value with him there. I also like Joel Dahman. You're getting him at 80 to 1 on DraftKings. I really like his form. I think he can give you a hot day for sure. And I like TPC Lee at 60 to 1. He tends to show up on the first round, especially. So 60 to 1 there. I probably would have liked to see a little longer odds, but. I like him in the first
1: round. That's funny because I literally just wrote his name down. I have five names, but I was going to like squeeze him in because my my fifth name was Charlie Hoffman at 180 to one. So I usually like classify like a, a bonus bomb, which is like a way for me to get an extra pick in there because it's kind of unrealistic. Um, so I was going to squeeze KH Lee in there. So um, I'm glad you put him in there. So this is unprecedented, but this is the first time. That's what unprecedented means for you um, lay people out there. This first time I have three. Yeah, you're welcome, Scotty. Um, I, this is first time I have crossover with somebody, and it's with three of my five guys, and it's with Spencer. Like that's like that's pretty uncommon. If you consider this is 156 field, like a person field, and like at least I would say 100 are like first round leader worthy. If you want to speculate on somebody for a first round, the idea that we have three of our five that are actually the same is like pretty telling. So. Interesting. So I'll start with Davis Riley at 45 to one. I'll go Brendan Todd at 80 to one. I'll go Webb Simpson at 65 to one. I should have done those in reverse order. Charlie Hoffman, at 180 to one. I'll just co-sign Joel's KH Lee at 60 to one. But so, okay. So that's Davis Riley, Brendan Todd, Webb Simpson, Charlie Hoffman, TPC Lee. But the guy that's actually going to do it, this is crazy because he's a hundred to one he's also crossing over with Spencer's pick. Sounds like everybody kind of likes him on this course. By the way, if you just put $1 on this guy, what's the math on that? 100 It's going to be $100. So imagine if you put like all your money on this guy, like every dollar you have Take it, steal steal it if you have to, because you're Robin Hood style, like give it back to the person you stole from or somebody who might, might need it more than the person you stole from. However you want to do it, like you, you make that decision, but steal everything you can and put it, of course, on Cameron Davis, otherwise known as Cam Davis, at 100 to 1. That's your first round leader. Thursday night, we're all going to be celebrating that, that easy call. Cameron Davis, Cam Davis, 100 to 1. Let's go. I'm actually just got my
0: uh, my mortgage guy on the line. I want to make sure I take out. I don't even have a mortgage, but I'm still
1: going to take one out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, most people don't know you can do that. Yeah. yeah, if you don't have a mortgage, you can still take a first and second mortgage out of the mortgage. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Known fact. So
0: that's a lock. I've never seen anything more of a short thing. Make sure you get those bets in before they become negative odds because after this gets pu- published. Those eyes are going down. Obviously, we see it happen every time. So, doing-
1: Joel, I fixed that. I fixed that. So uh, what I did is I orchestrated this um, YouTube StreamYard session to be on a 90 second delay. It's, it's the most I could go out. So you at this point have like 55 seconds to go in and put the bed in before all the, uh, the bookmakers actually hear what actually transpired.
0: And so David's right. So David's suggesting that you bet responsibly, and mm-hmm. for like most bets, yes, except for this one. This one, yes. you yes, irresponsibly, right. yes, because it's a lock.
1: Yes, this, uh, this is uh, these are the bets that are so lockish, first round leaders, because it's mm-hmm. it's such a guarantee that you actually want to actually tip the scales the other way and be extremely, excessively yeah. irresponsible. Everything else you want to bet responsibly, but this one, I mean, this is this is a lock of the year, just like last week and the week before that, right? Week before crazy. that no <laughs>
0: that's a reference. it's gonna be a fun tournament so I'm, I'm looking forward to playing this week i think we can build some good lineups we gave you a lot of good information scotty super grateful for having you on you were great grass you had a great draft uh are we're, we're super thankful to have you come in and, and post let us know whose team you think are gonna win don't forget to check us out on twitter follow us hit a like button am i missing anything else
1: all right. Well, I got to ask Scotty just a couple questions. Uh questions. Where can we find you? Cause we don't have your Twitter handle up there. So it's at what?
3: Oh God, that's bad. Sorry. Uh, let me chat. I think it's at Holdridge underscore Scott. I think yeah. that's right.
1: And, and Scotty, do you do any, do you do any content? I knew you mentioned a Monday show, but I wasn't sure if it was a show you're on. You said there's a Monday show you always watch like a golf show or something.
3: Uh, I'm on Colbert. No. Uh,
1: <laughs> that'd be amazing. Yeah.
3: No, I'm a, I'm a free agent, baby. Free all right, agent. Cool. Just here and there, yeah.
1: Well, well, we like your vibe, so we'll, we'll have to bring you back. Uh, and you're hilarious on Twitter. If you guys don't already follow Scott, you you Scotty, you uh, absolutely have to follow him. So
3: it's literally um, just like bots and the who's who of the golf Twitter world. So I got a good mix.
1: That's where you want to be, right, guys? Yeah.
3: Just last last waltz and Pornhub, guys. That's all this is.
1: <laughs> that's all this is. At the I end of the day. Page. Yeah. Yeah. That's um that's my my uh, grandfather used to tell me. All right, <laughs> so sports, guys, sports. Everybody, one, two, three, sports, sports, sports.